0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston. I have Rahul in Connecticut, and we're welcoming back after a long absence, Paolo Di Bala. I'm just kidding. Alex is back with us. Alex, how's it going?
1: Good. Very happy to be back here. How have you guys been?
0: We have missed you. We've missed your predictions. We've missed your controversy, but we know you had to enjoy Europe and Maybe you can share some some fun times that have had have happened while you were out there.
1: Yeah, it was um it was a good time. I was studying away for a semester in France, but I made use of the time, of course. Um, of course, aside from my studies, I made sure to make use of some time to go and see some matches in Europe um when I had the chance. So uh, I was able to actually get a nice little trip to Stanford Bridge in. Um, where I watched a Chelsea game uh, that went quite well. I'm somehow I'm, I'm I'm blanking. I don't know if it was. I just remember a late Timo Werner winner. I I'm I'm blanking on the I'm blanking on the team we played, but it was a great time. Um, I'll look that up after. But I also managed to get to see Le Classique uh, Marseille versus PSG in Marseille, which was probably the coolest sporting event I've ever seen. Um, that, that that was a very enjoyable experience. And then I got to once again see the uh, Messi-Neymar-Mbappe front line in action uh, watching a PSG game. Uh, and I also got to visit the San Siro um, wow. to watch AC Milan play against Hellas Verona. Uh, so got a little taste of the Serie A there, which was very fun. So I definitely made use of my time. Um, got to see some great games. Got to see a Chelsea win. Got to see um messy play live uh so all in all honestly a very enjoyable very enjoyable trip but i'm happy to be here and back on the podcast
0: that sounds amazing rahul it sounds like he went on his own champions league tour there maybe trying to make it for a symbol for this year we go in the final maybe
2: yeah he's scouting scouting the european opposition out there (laughs) (laughs) exactly
0: absolutely but look we're happy to have you back it's exciting uh, maybe we start this week with some fun stuff, Rahul. Uh, Alex is back. Maybe we can have him stir the pot like he usually does for <laughs> us and talk about transfers. Uh, what do you have coming out of the transfer market right now? We are in January.
2: Yes, sir. So uh, starting off, obviously starting close to home with Chelsea, uh, Serginio Dest, uh, an American right back who plays for Barcelona, linked with us. And it seems like he was going to have a meeting with Barcelona today. Uh, to discuss his future, but it very much seems like uh, there is some interest from our side, so it really depends on if the, a deal is there to be done, then uh, Chelsea will discuss it with uh, Barcelona. And if the numbers work out, then uh, Pulisic could have a friend coming uh, from from Barcelona.
0: Yeah, Alex, your thoughts on Dest to Chelsea?
1: Yeah, I think it's maybe not something that we'd initially seen coming, especially when we had two world-class wingbacks in the form of their lives. Um, but as is always Chelsea never seemed to get the lucky breaks that some clubs do. Um, and we had arguably our two best performers of the early season who were outscoring our attackers and putting in amazing shifts on defense. Um, I just actually looked at it and reminded myself the game I saw was Chelsea Southampton three, one. I saw one of Chilwell's beautiful early season, left-footed half volleys. Um, he's just so dangerous, but it's, it's just um, it's a shame. We lost those two players because yeah. we had without exaggeration. I mean, obviously maybe world-class you need to show for a consistent amount of time, but in world-class form, I think what isn't a stretch to say how Ben Chilwell and Reese James were performing, but with both of them out with serious looking injuries, Chilwell, we know who won't be back until next season. Um, Serginio Dest, to me actually makes a bit of sense, um, especially if it does come in as maybe a loan with an option to buy or even just a loan to start, as has been rumored in a few places. Uh, he's versatile. He can play on the left and the right. And he has also got those attacking capabilities that uh, we look for often in wingbacks, especially in Thomas Tuchel's formation. So I, I'm not entirely sure. I think that one's going to go through, but if it does it would actually make a lot of sense. And frankly, I do hope Chelsea back Tuchel because he desperately needs some reinforcements and certainly deserves some support uh, with the job he's done managing amid this crazy crisis of injuries and COVID and whatnot.
0: Yeah, I definitely like this one as well. I think with the potential of Queta maybe not staying past this season where light on the right wing back position, it seems like just for you've highlighted he could play both wings. It's a natural fit to kind of slide in there. So... We'll keep watching. Raúl. what else do you have for us? Yeah, so
2: going to the other wingback position, and one that we were initially linked with, uh, especially when we first found out that Chilwell was going to be out for the season, uh, Luca Dinier from Everton, who's been out, uh, is was linked with us, but now is being uh, linked with Aston Villa. Uh, and I think that comes down to Everton wanting a loan and uh, with an option to buy in Chelsea obviously like Alex and you have covered, we have Chilwell who's just out right now. He's going to come back. Uh, We have Marcus Alonso. And in the meantime, I think we're about to bring back Emerson. So it just doesn't seem like a right fit for us, even though he's a good player. So I think Aston Villa will most likely go on to complete the signing of uh, Luca Dini.
0: Yeah. And sticking with Aston Villa, big name coming back to the Premier League. Coutinho has returned on loan to partner up with Steven Gerrard. Alex, will Coutinho be a success back in England?
1: I think I think he certainly needs to be if he wants to really frankly keep his career relevant at this point. I still find it a little funny that in his I think 3 years at Barcelona for 150 million his most notable highlight was scoring against them in the Champions League <laughs> while on loan for Bayern. Um, I, you know I that's almost to me a a mirror image of a transfer near and dear to our hearts, Eden Hazard, who maybe left a little more respectfully, but Similarly, big money, 130, 50 million pounds. um, And you're just seeing that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um, And certainly Real Madrid and Barcelona are two of the most massive clubs in the world. Of course, you can understand players wanting to go there. But I think Coutinho, Hazard, plenty of players have shown you're not automatically going to uh, have instant success just by moving to a big team like that. And I think Coutinho could do well. I don't think he'll I don't think he'll be a complete revelation and, and put them on a title charge, but I think I think he's he's got the Premier League experience. We know what he can do. Um if he stays fit, I see no reason why he couldn't definitely up the level of the villa team.
0: Yeah, well said on the grasses and greener. Rahul, a few seasons after Coutinho left, Liverpool go to win the Champions League, the Premier League, a few seasons after Aiden Hazard leaves, Chelsea go to win the Champions League. So I think that's well said. We're also hearing some news coming out of Italy and our old favorite manager, Jose Mourinho. What can you share with us there,
2: Yeah, he's signing another English player from the Premier League on a loan deal this time around. Maitland-Niles from Arsenal goes over to Roma. Uh, And honestly, I think a good move for everyone involved. Maitland-Niles wasn't getting much game time. uh, So he goes away and can uh, partner up with Tammy Abraham who I think had a conversation with him about moving to Roma. So uh, all in all, a good move, and uh, Mourinho adds some more Premier League uh, talent to the Italian league.
0: Yeah, any thoughts on this one, Alex?
1: I think if there's a place that Maitland-Niles could go to really further his career, I think that would not be a bad one. Obviously, coaches under Mourinho can sort of go one of two ways. You've seen uh, players under Mourinho, rather. You've seen uh, a lot of examples of him. For example, Tammy Abraham seems to kind of be thriving um, he's been notching goals, he's been adjusting well to life in a new league, and he definitely seems to have sort of picked up his career after it stalled a little bit um, with some low game time on the Chelsea end. However, um, you absolutely see, I mean, I know for any U.S. fans listening, uh, we've seen things like Brian Reynolds at Roma. Young players in Mourinho, I mean, the Chelsea fans will, will know very well. We've <laughs> offloaded some really uh, some talents who have come back to bite us under Mourinho uh, in his former time at the club so it's it's always almost a coin flip to me at this point when you're a young player under Jose moving to a new league is never easy but I could see that being a good move because certainly you need playing time for whatever you're going to do in your career
0: yeah well said we'll move on to Tottenham Rahul and it seems to be that there's some exits happening at Tottenham what can you tell us there
2: yeah, so a couple of exits. Uh, Steven Bergwijn is most likely headed back to uh, Dutch football with a move to Ajax. And honestly, we, we've seen this with uh, Sebastian Haller, who moved from West Ham to Ajax and did a world of good for his career. So may not be a bad move for uh, Bergwijn. And then another one from uh, Spurs is Ndombele, who I think is their record signing uh, from a couple of seasons ago. And he, I guess, under Pochettino, Mourinho uh and now Conte and Nuno and Nuno sorry that's that's the one I was trying to think of in between and um the interim manager they had between Mourinho and (laughs) and Nuno Uh, all of them don't seem to fancy him even though he's got the talent I think it comes down to the attitude Uh, and so he seems to be moving away even maybe just on loan for now but that's another exit that could potentially happen from from Tottenham.
0: Alex, is it Spurs doing more Spurs things and getting rid of good players because they just can't seem to get them to work?
1: Um, I mean, I definitely think on the on the Bergwine point, I'd just like to, as the resident Pulisic fan, put the final nail in a coffin of a debate that never should have existed in the first place. The extraordinarily forced Polisic Pepe Burgwine uh, <laughs> debates. Yeah. Debate in in air quotes because that's a disrespect to the Champions League winner of that group. Um, you know, one one of them is being shipped back off to uh, the Netherlands. One can't get game time for Arsenal, and the other one was scoring and assisting against Real Madrid in the Champions League semis. Now has a couple goals this season already. Um, I think I think that's you know they're not losing some incredible talent, but it'll, it's certainly, it's certainly going to hurt, especially we were just talking about the fitness of uh, the availability of human son. It seems like Spurs don't have fantastic depth. um, And maybe that's, that's something that come back to haunt them. And as for Ndombele, I'm definitely a little surprised there, obviously stuff like attitude issues. I know there were quotes about the work ethic, just not being there. Um, And if a player's head isn't in it, Um, You can't really force that. So I I don't blame them there. Um, You do have to make sure nobody's sort of bringing down the mood of the locker room, but that I could see being quite a loss for Spurs because I really don't watch them much, not that enjoyable to me, or (laughs) frankly, probably to anyone, but the few times I have watched Spurs play, I've been pleasantly surprised by his dribbling. It seemed like he was actually, I don't know, becoming more dynamic sort of as I, as I'd seen him progress, um and yeah he he stood out a few times that I've watched Spurs which is very sparingly but you know you can't do much if a player's head isn't in it um sometimes it's best to just cut your losses not let them bring down the rest of the dressing room Uh, but they're definitely losing a talent there
0: yeah I would have to agree with you I think watching in Dombele play he's got the talent there but just like Rahul reiterated I mean we've gone through five managers now for Tottenham and nobody seems to fancy him so obviously something's gone awry over there but Let's move on, Rahul. It's January, and there was a lot of talk throughout the entire year here about AFCON, whether it's going to happen, whether it's not going to happen due to COVID. Jurgen Klopp called it a small tournament. He was shamed for that. I mean, it's gone back and forth, and it kicks off. It does well. What can you share about some information going on with AFCON?
2: Yeah, it, it kicks off and it kicked off uh, yesterday, I believe, on Sunday with Cameroon versus Burkina Faso, and Cameroon going to win it two one with two penalties, I believe. But the real drama came earlier today when Senegal got a ninety seventh minute penalty against Zimbabwe, and Sa- Saidi Omani steps up and scores. Uh, staying on Senegal, Edward Mendy test, has tested positive for COVID, so he uh, now has to isolate and missed out on this game. So we wish him uh, a speedy recovery. Uh, and bringing a little bit closer to home, uh, Ghana, who lost to Morocco uh, Morocco without Ziyech, uh, Ghana still didn't find a way to beat them. So they lose and, and go down 1-0. Uh, and currently in the standings, even though just two groups, uh, I beg your pardon, three groups have played, uh, Ghana in their group C sit bottom. So uh, a little bit of work to do here, but hopefully they'll turn it around
0: hopefully indeed let's move on and cover what we've all been waiting for and that's Chelsea here we're going to talk about the FA Cup review and look guys uh, Alex you've missed all of December I we missed you obviously but we also didn't have we have a lot of pity for ourselves and not for you because it was a tough tough December Uh, FA Cup kicks off we had a good good game and we'll run through it here really quickly Uh, Rahul what can you share with us on the FA Cup to start off with and then bring Alex in
2: yeah, so it was Chelsea hosting, Chesterfield at home. Uh, I guess they were saying the two famous CFCs were going up against each other. Uh, and it was a rotated lineup, as we expected. Uh, Bettinelli got a debut. Uh, Keppa was rested since uh, Mendy's out. Keppa is now the first choice, but Bettinelli gets the game here. Christensen, Malang Sarr, and the debut for Lewis Hall uh, in, in the back three. Ziek in his newfound right wing back position, which honestly he seems to be doing pretty well in. Uh, Saul Kovacic and Hudson Adoy uh, completed the midfield. And then Alex's boy Pulisic was partnered up uh, in, in attack with Lukaku and Timo Werner.
0: Yeah, so Alex, good to see Pulisic back and getting a couple of games in here. I know injuries have played a part to that. I know that COVID has played a part to that. But I, I for one, am happy to see him getting a run of games.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely good to see him back, and it was very good to see him, at least um, for the most part, in some pretty good attacking positions. Yeah. Now, we did, we did see, I think he, at times, seemed to be playing almost a, an advanced midfield role behind Werner and Lukaku, who were sort of interchanging. And then you had Hudson-Doy and Hakim Ziyech on the wings. So he almost seemed to be drifting like a cam. Um, but the game was flowing. We created some good chances. He did technically get an assist, though I will admit uh, Callum definitely took his goal uh, entirely on his own with a brilliant shot from outside the box. Uh, but I was very happy to see Pulisic get some minutes, and I was very happy to see him played in a slightly more advanced role because, frankly, we just can't get the best out of him at wing wingback. Yeah. Um, as we saw, for example, against Liverpool, Pulisic just plays the best when you put him in dangerous positions. Um, and left wing preferably, but even just drifting around a little bit, as long as you don't stick him up top and tell him to go against a bunch of over six foot uh, center backs as a false nine of sorts, um, he can definitely do a job pretty much anywhere in attack. um, And he's been versatile this season. So glad to see him getting minutes. And I hope that continues. I hope he gets some more at his natural left wing position. Um, And hopefully we do get some more wing back cover so that Callum Hudson-Odoi and Christian Pulisic aren't always relinquished to those wing back roles which does definitely hinder their creativity a little bit.
0: Yeah I love that he's been so versatile this season and he's doing the job that Tuchel's asking him to but I think you're spot on on the notes there that really he's not effective at right wing back and whether or not he's bombing forward which he, I know he likes to do I think defensively that's not really his strength and so Hopefully, we can find a chance to see him playing, you know, up top similar to the Liverpool game where he found the net. So, I was excited about that. But another person I'm excited about, Rahul, is Lewis Hall, 17 years old. Typically, a box-to-box midfielder. Has been playing at left wing-back for the uh, second team. We find him at left centre-back in this game. And by the way, Tuchel threw off everybody because we thought we were playing with a back four for the first few minutes, didn't we?
2: We did. I think you and I were messaging and we were like, this is a back four, back three, and on it, it's it's credit to Tuchel where it's so fluid that we we don't really know, uh, but the players know, and, and Lewis Hall coming into the squad, I think he said he found out the day before or maybe a couple of hours before that he was starting, and credit to him at 17, he looked like he had been playing that position and in that role for 17 years in itself, so... <laughs> Uh, he did very well, and he was confident, and and that's what we want to see: is when the, there's an opportunity presented, the academy players step up, and he stepped up, and he was noticed not only by us but even other fans around the world that you know were watching this game, and uh, definitely a bright future for him, and hopefully we can see more of him in in the next rounds. Yeah, I've got
1: a few of his stats here. He he won the most duels, ten duels, one in the match. Um, played 90 minutes. He got an assist, really nice assist he did, he yeah. with some great persistence and physicality. Um, he had 92% passing accuracy, made 98 passes, created two chances. Um, he had a shot on target that led to another goal we scored. So he had a, quite a significant yeah. hand in two in two goals, but really just an impressive, uh, he had eight out of 10 accurate long balls completed. I mean, this was quite the debut. Um, for a 17-year-old, uh, for any player, uh, let alone a 17-year-old who's just getting his first serious chance on the big stage.
0: Yeah, we talked a little bit about Serginho Des coming in at wing-back. Maybe we have a player that could potentially slot in there and Chelsea don't have to go invest in January Look, I'm not saying we wouldn't, but it's always nice to see, you know, Lacoban producing more players. And yes, he's a box-to-box midfielder, but if he keeps on putting in performances like that, he's going to have a shout for himself to continue playing in that position. But Absolutely lovely to see. One more player I want to talk about just a quick second before we move into the meat and potatoes of the game is Hakim Ziyech. Rahul, you talked about him for a quick minute here at right wing back. Uh, you seem to be impressed with him at right wing back.
2: I do because I wasn't really expecting him to be playing there and he did it a little bit against Spurs too. So uh, he seems to be getting the understanding of the position and honestly, it kind of favors him because he gets to play as a, as a real winger, Versus when he plays it a little bit forward, he almost has to tuck in. And it also plays him deeper, which gives him the ability to use his beautiful left foot and find uh, players and runs from a deeper position. So honestly, a, not a bad option to have, especially in games like these where um, you can try things and Tuchel's been trying things. So uh, Ziyech maybe uh, another option for uh, a potential right wing back option while, you know, Reese James is not available.
0: Yeah, I must admit that Tuchel's been creative and found ways <laughs> to put players in positions you would never think they are. And Rahul, you said beautiful left foot. It was that beautiful left foot that led to a good shot. And Alex, Timo Warner, a man that has not always been on the score sheet, but we've, you know, praised almost every game for his work rate, seems to have been in the right place at the right time to bury in an early goal.
1: Yeah, he's... I've always definitely, I think a lot of Chelsea fans have always had a bit of a soft spot for Timo Werner because even with a slightly rough start in terms of missed chances, he's just consistently getting in dangerous positions and making things happen. We saw in the Champions League final, even when he's not scoring, not assisting, he's still making runs that um, upset and imbalance the opposition defense and allow other players to get into space and score. Um, Kai Havertz in a pocket of space for those familiar. Um, but it's just, I'm always happy to see him succeed. And he made no mistake uh, from very close range, but frankly, and this is no disrespect to him, there have been times when he has made mistakes <laughs> extraordinarily close range. So I'm just happy to see him bury it. I hope that uh, hope that lifts his confidence. Um, and I certainly hope he he continues to play for us and play well because there is just something dangerous about him being on the pitch. Uh, whether it's, again, the runs, whether it's the assists, whether it's the goals, uh, which now seem to be coming a little more confidently from him. I think it's he's absolutely an asset to have in the team. So I hope he continues to thrive.
0: Yeah, well said. I mean, Rahul, I said in the previous episode that I would hope that he would get a couple of goals just to help build his confidence. And luckily it came in the form of this. But when you look at goals and you look at probably one of the best goals that happened in that game... You gotta talk about Callan Hudson at Oyster, don't you?
2: You do, and and I think we've been asking for more shots from outside the box. And uh, he takes it and places it beautifully in, in the far corner and uh, makes it 2-0. And if that's what he can do from that left wing back position is given the space and time, uh, I'd be okay with them playing there for, for a few more games. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Alex, it's one of those where we've all said, you know, we kind of seem to want to walk the ball into the net every now and then, pass, pass. And it's beautiful on the eye, don't get me wrong, but every now and then you just got to take a shot. You never know what's going to happen. And I, for one, was very, very happy with Callum curling one into the corner. Anything you can share about that goal?
1: Yeah, I think it's certainly a good step in his progression. Um, A lot of people have been criticizing either his shooting form, which doesn't always seem to get the right results, or his lack of shots. Um, I think that's certainly a a big step for him. Adding these goals to his game is going to be a huge step in his development as a player, because we all know he has the talent. We've seen his flashes of brilliance. Um, We've seen him put in some great performances for us. And we've seen how dangerous we can be when he's on the pitch. Um, But ultimately, you do need your attackers to have that sort of clinical touch. Um, He's missed some big chances, but he's also now scored some, and he's scoring goals that I don't think uh, earlier in the season, many of us would have expected him to, as you mentioned, shots from outside the box don't really seem to be his thing. Um, and that's, that's another thing that I think is, is good to have because I've always liked that Pulisic isn't afraid to hit a shot with either foot. Um, and he often powers them either far post or near post, as we've seen with several Polisic goals, just being a powerful left-footed near post shot. Um, I've always sort of wished that Callum Hudson-Odoi could add that kind of ruthless, just strike at goal to his game because he does seem to have the silky skills, the passes. He didn't always seem to be uh, putting quite as many shots on net as he could, but this game uh, certainly was a step in the right direction and with a beautiful goal. So certainly hoping to see more of that.
0: Yeah. And you know, people always forget Callum hudson Badoy gets a lot of criticism. He's still only 21 years old. So if he's adding this kind of technical finish or curling the ball, shots from outside the box, he's only going to get better with time. So, Hopefully he can continue this, Rahul, like you said, and we can see a few more goals added to his Chelsea career as it progresses. But let's move on. We're getting into the 20th minute. We're now going to get a third goal. That comes in the form of Lukaku, who himself needed a goal or two to just continue his form. You guys have already touched a little bit about Lewis Hall persisting down the left wing, making sure he pips somebody to the, to the ball and crosses in for Lukaku to finish. Uh, good, thing, good thing for Lukaku. Another one for him to go through. Alex, you've missed some of the debates We've had on Lukaku. There was a lot of things going on about his Sky Sports interview. Rahul and I had covered that extensively. Do you forgive Lukaku?
1: Um, I mean, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I I do to some degree think that you know you can't expect. I think a lot when he came back. A lot of he, he said a lot of nice things about Chelsea and how it was his yeah. dream. You saw the interviews of him when he was younger, saying I'm going to succeed here there is certainly a special connection between him and the chelsea fans um, or at least there was i'm not sure exactly what his motive was for on on a return to your childhood club when when he's been fit and able to be on the pitch he's been scoring goals for the most part had a little bit of a mini drought but i think it's it was just sort of surprising unnecessary but At a certain point, as much as I would have loved to have like the perfect fairy tale of him saying, I'm retiring here, I'm going to win a billion trophies, Chelsea fans are my only love. You know what, these, you can't ask every player to bleed blue to the extent that uh, some of the ones we've been lucky enough to watch, uh, some of the Chelsea legends have in the past. Um, And there's certainly more than enough players here. I mean, thinking of some of the academy ones coming out, Mason Mount, Reese James. Um, and even ones, uh, yeah, I mean, players who consistently put in a lot of effort, like you see Lewis hall who gets his chance and says, this has always been my dream. I've always been working for this. I, I don't think you need to expect every single one of your players to be absolutely, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how to put it disappointed a little bit, but if he gets the job done and scores the goals. I mean, that's, what more can you ask? And maybe it's a little disappointing that he's not, uh, he's not quite as Chelsea to the core as we had hoped and as he had certainly portrayed in his interviews. But if he scores the goals and wins us the trophies, we've got plenty of proper Chelsea-type players in our squad. So I'm not too concerned, especially because he doesn't seem to be bringing down the dressing room at all. And at least on the pitch um, and in training, it seems like he is still working hard and, and putting in good results, so.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that because Rahul and I have covered that extensively. We wanted to get your feelings. Rahul, I mean, good. He continues to score. I think that's the best way to win back the Chelsea faithful, just doing the job on the pitch continue to score goals. Now, look, you talked about somebody who bleeds blue. Uh, there's a Danish Maldini that should be bleeding blue. Uh, Rahul, how did he perform for that fourth goal? He um,
2: did the best he could, got his head on the ball and it loops in and... Uh... Makes it four nil. Like you can't really complain or, or say much more about that. I think he was in the right place at the right time, did the right thing. Did he know he was trying to score? Maybe not. But hey, that's sometimes that's that's all it takes. And uh, in games where it's going for you, it's going for you, and it went for uh, Christensen. And I think he'll he'll feel good about that goal. He's been out with injury he's had a little bit of criticism. I think he's with the contract situation, and all of that in the background. Uh, it's just nice to get a goal and
1: and feel good about it.
0: Alex, do you want Christensen to stay?
1: Um I do think I do think he should stay. I think it would be tough, especially after we've lost uh, players like Tamori recently. Um we lost Levermento, uh to Southampton. We lost um, I'm blanking on his name Tariq Lamptey. We lost to Brighton. We've lost a lot of talented young defenders. Um, and to a point that sort of has to be expected. I think sometimes people overreact a bit. We'd love to keep all the gems, but good young players need playing time to develop. Um, so you can't keep them all, but we certainly can't afford to be, especially in an injury crisis like this, just dishing out pieces of our back line. Uh, you see the, the Rudiger drama where no one's entirely sure how that's going to end up. I still am cautiously optimistic that some, some sort of agreement could be reached because um, he does seem to be putting in great performances and I'm sure he's, he's happy winning trophies. He's happy playing well with Chelsea, but uh, you, you can never be sure. Um, We certainly can't afford to lose two center backs. Um, especially if Rudiger goes, Christensen has to stay. Realistically, if we had to keep one, I think most people would agree Rudiger at this point um, probably has the edge, but Christensen still has many years ahead of him and he's been getting better and better every year. I think we could agree. So I would hate to see him go for sure.
0: Yeah, nicely said. I mean, at that point, we definitely want to try and keep as many of our core blue blood players like we've just talked about, especially someone like Christensen, who's been there, done that, won a lot of stuff with us, been through so many managers, knows Chelsea in and out. So that would be exciting. But gentlemen, that takes us four nil in the first half. And I think job done pretty much. You You talk about maybe even training ground. Uh, tournament at this point in time. Chesterfield really wore kind of steamrolled at this point. Uh, we go into that second half. Um, Rahul, maybe you can take us through that last goal in that second half and then maybe what happened with uh, Chesterfield.
2: Yeah, so Pulisic um, wins a penalty. I think it lo- he's just sharper and faster in the box, gets bundled over. Uh, and it's a penalty and it's given and honestly I wanted him to take it and sort of ZX, nothing against Ziek. I would have just liked to see Pulisic get in on the goals uh, but ZX steps up and hits a, a very good penalty strong hard and low uh, makes it five nil and it's I think that was the the assist that Alex was referring to earlier in the game from Pulisic um, so good 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 from him overall and and I think he would have liked to see himself on the score sheet but uh He'll probably get one against City next weekend.
0: Yeah, that's what we want to see. And after that, I think Tuchel starts to make a whole slew of changes. Uh, we were allowed five changes for this particular game. So, obviously, you want to bring in some youth. I think one thing we need to just mention really quickly is uh, Lewis Bate comes on for only his second appearance uh, for Chelsea and since 2014. So. Uh, he's now 26, uh, Lewis Baker, apologies. Yes. And he has come on at, for his second appearance in 2014, uh, 26 years old been around there. So it was nice to see him getting a chance to, to kick a ball about as well. Uh, we were playing with three, two midfielders at center back position at one point in time, I think with Lewis Hall and Lewis Baker. And so it was interesting to see the dynamics that Tuchel was going through. But again, we had, we were steamrolling this game was in control, but, uh, Every now and then Chelsea seemed to lose focus a little bit and we can see the goal. Alex, any thoughts on that goal?
1: Yeah, it was just sort of, I feel like the players were definitely a little bit tired. It was a lot of rotation um, and people were trying to find a way to, 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 some people seem to try to find a way to be negative about it, but it is what it is. We were winning by five goals, um, conceded a late goal. It's, it. it is what it is. Chesterfield certainly, um, Certainly loved that goal. Their players were, were thrilled to get it. The fans, uh, the Chesterfield fans went wild and honestly, it was kind of a nice sight to see. Um, I mean, they can't have expected to beat Chelsea coming into the day. So in a weird way, I I was happy that the supporters had something to celebrate because they certainly had been loud uh, and and proudly singing all game, Um, very impressive and dedicated away support. Um, and overall, I think it just, it just capped out, uh, capped off a very nice, very nice cup tie. Um, I saw a story on the news saying that, uh, that the, the announcers were mentioning during the game that Chelsea had allowed the Chesterfield Academy of every age to come and play. So you had kids from eight years old and younger, all the way up to the first teams playing, um, at Cobham. And then finally in the actual FA cup match itself, um, which is just sort of what it's all about. Give some nice memories to the uh, to the kids, give some nice exposure to the players, get some nice revenue for uh, a lower tier club uh, who can certainly uh, probably put it to good use. Um, honestly, in that sense, I think it was sort of a good day out for everyone because Chelsea got a much needed win, got some rotation, um, and Chesterfield did have something to celebrate at the end.
0: You know, I love the way you just said all of that. 6,000 Chesterfield fans made their way up to Stamford Bridge, so... Lovely day for them to see a goal, and they celebrated like they won the FA Cup final, so I was very happy for that. And just like you've described, I mean, Chelsea doing the bit over there to encourage them, and you, like you guys have both talked about, right? Chelsea is second in the Premier League. Chesterfield, I believe, is second in the fifth division, so about 100 spaces uh, between us. So on paper, obviously, you're expecting Chelsea to win this one, but that's the beauty of the FA Cup, giving that exposure, not only to Chesterfield, but potentially some of their players that could perform well enough and look to go to the fourth or third division even championship in some cases if they perform really well so uh rahul wrapping up thoughts on on fa cup before you move on
2: a routine win uh something that we kind of had predicted and, and thought that we would get through and we make it through from the third round to the fourth round for 24th year in a row so uh, seems to be uh just a regular regular thing for us even though some other clubs in london don't seem to be to be doing it I'm, I'm pulling a page out of alex's book to welcome him back bantering the north london team uh but for chesterfield you like you guys have mentioned i think a great day out and uh, we're not even going to be talking about this goal that we conceded at the end of the season but for them it's going to stay with them so congratulations to them and, and wishing them all the best and hopefully uh they'll keep this day not just the goal but the whole day with them and and maybe we'll meet again in the future
0: so it is routine for Premier League clubs to beat lower-level clubs, but let's talk about Nottingham Forest, who end up beating Arsenal one nail and sending Arsenal packing out of the FA Cup. Alex, Arsenal uh, <laughs> seems to lose the plot that day.
1: Well, <laughs> yes, that's that's certainly one, one way you could say it. Uh, to to quote to to quote the great Roy Keane. Uh, You could say uh, Arsenal, who stepped out in their all-white kits, looked like Real Madrid but played like a pub team. He described them as rubbish from what I heard. That was an accurate assessment of their performance. Um, And I honestly love that. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's what we've come to expect. Um, there's There's just no room for them to play with the big boys anymore, and that's okay. Um, You know, I I will say they've they've upturned their form a bit. They've looked decent under Arteta. They're pushing towards those Champions League spots. Um, Will they be able to actually grab and hold a Champions League spot uh, come the end of the season? I'm not entirely sure, but you can give them credit for a bit of a resurgence after what was really a disastrous start. I believe they were dead bottom of the table um, after some terrible performances. But I do think it's kind of a little bit of a nice reality check for, in uh, at least a Chelsea fans, uh, <laughs> evil mind, uh, enjoying the fact that after, you know, after every win, Arsenal fans seem to, to start talking again and, and pretending that they're, they're the next big thing. They're back. They're ready to challenge. I think this was just another reality check that there is a, there, there is still a gap. Let's be clear between the likes of Man City and even Liverpool, Chelsea, etc. There is an even greater gap. Um, Far greater between those top-tier teams and Arsenal, just in terms of depth, results, quality, management, etc. What can I say? The uh, London is blue. That's all there is to it.
0: Rahul, based on Alex's analysis, there, the gap between you know Chelsea and Arsenal is significant, but the gap between Nottingham Forest and Arsenal might be a little bit closer at this point, right?
2: Well, Nottingham Forest have won the Champions European Cup twice. So I I think the gap is the other way. Nottingham (laughs) Forest are way ahead. And this isn't the first time they've knocked them out in the third round. I was was just looking it up. It was three, four years ago, I guess, at this point in 2018. In the third round, they beat them 4-2. So it's kind of a regular thing for Nottingham Forest. And and the team that won the, the cup that year, any guesses? Chelsea? Chelsea. There you go. So uh, if our boy Chelsea Pulse was was making a <laughs> meme, he would be putting Mr. Bean out there right now.
0: <laughs> that would be perfect. Hopefully this is a chance for Chelsea and Tuchel to win some local silverware. We'd absolutely appreciate that. But let's talk about a couple of other games. I think Spurs versus Morkambe. Spurs 3, Morkambe 1 kind of routine over there. But another shock that happened, guys, is Newcastle versus Cambridge United. And for anybody who didn't watch this game, Honestly, Newcastle put everything out there, but the Cambridge United goalkeeper, I I forget, I don't know his name right now, but he said, not today, I am not going to concede a goal. And he really meant it. Alex, I don't know if you had a chance to catch the game, but he was on form, that goalkeeper.
1: No, I I wasn't able to watch it. I saw the result at the end. um, And I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was also Kieran Trippier's debut. Um, it was. For Newcastle. I guess their first signing to shore up and, and try to stay in the Premier League under their new management, who I'm sure have a lot of money to spend, but a sinking ship to save. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that goes and what other names head to Newcastle, because presumably after they've just been purchased, they're not going to just sit back and allow their club to sink into the championship without a fight. Um, so in in a weird way, maybe this does actually help out Uh, Newcastle I know we've seen with Chelsea for example sometimes we do better in tournaments when we don't have to or I guess when we're when we have um, other competitions aren't exactly our main focus maybe we're knocked out or too low in the table to worry about a title charge sometimes that can give a team a little bit of extra focus when they can really just clearly set their mind on one goal but we'll see how that happens but uh, credit to Cambridge United for that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think that's another thing that's the beauty of the FA Cup. It comes from the lower leagues. They get an opportunity, a lot of revenue to be made. So absolutely buzzing for Cambridge United. Rahul, another one that's interesting An all Premier League tie, Manchester United versus Aston Villa. Uh, Not the biggest scoreline, but Man United do the job that they needed to do and they win 1-0.
2: They do. And I guess that's, that's all they can do at this point, even though they lost against Wolves the last time around. So um Tuchel and Klopp's dad, as they call them, uh, getting the business done here. And um, we'll, we'll see how far he can take them. But I, I I don't think United fans are as satisfied as they thought they would be. So that's a whole discussion, I guess, for another day.
0: Yeah, that's something we'll have to unpack in a different episode altogether. But that really covers up the magic of the FA Cup. Lots of good fixtures, a couple of surprises with big, big boys getting knocked out of there, at least. Premier League big boys. I don't know how big they are day-to-day in terms of football. Sure. But, uh, yeah, let's move on and talk about the Carabao Cup. You know, we covered that recently, Rahul, where we had beaten Tottenham 2-0, and now we're going back for the second leg. Just so everybody knows, away goals don't count. So it's an interesting situation for us here. It's going to be uh, winner takes all in this particular game. Alex, for this game, Tuchel's been teasing uh, back three, back four. Before we go at predicted lineup, what are your thoughts on this hybrid formation do you like a back three do you like a back four?
1: Ah, oh, I mean personally I have to say I like the flexibility of the back four um I think you can almost if you have the right personnel in there you can pretty much always drop a fifth player back to have it be three center backs and two wing backs um but with our attacking talent I really do hope we bring the game to Spurs and we don't just sort of sit back and give them any real hint that they're still in this tie. I think we completely, I mean, we outclassed them completely probably should have been more goals um, in the first leg. Uh, So I would hate to give them even, even a shred of hope of getting back in because then we would be kicking ourselves. If they even just scored one goal um, off a little silly error, they're fully back in it. Um, So I want to see us go out and kill the game, use the fact that they have to come out and get a result against them. Um, And I'd love to see, maybe as we've said, a dynamic back four where you can pull back some support in a time of heavy pressure. But I really want to see a lot of attacking talent on the pitch. I want to see, I mean, ideally, I'd love to see uh, a player like Lewis Hall get another chance. Um, I think there's certainly going to be some rotation, but I I don't want to feel too weak a team here. I want to go for, I want to go for the kill, uh, get the goals and get the job done, ideally by an emphatic scoreline.
0: Yeah, let's hold on to your scoreline prediction for just a second. Rahul, maybe you can give us a predicted lineup. I know Alex prefers a back four. You've told me that Tuchel tries to favor his three even if he kind of sneaks it in there. Uh, what do you have as a predicted starting starting 11?
2: Yeah, I, I think he's going to go back to a back three uh, just simply because that's, that's kind of what we do and, and that's what we've been doing for the past year. Uh, and in the game where if we don't concede, we go through. So it's not a must to win. But it's one where we've got to manage it through. And like Alex was saying, if we get the first goal at that point, like we've seen in the Champions League last year, we just kind of manage it and and see it through. So we start with Kepa. Uh, He should be coming back. Of course, this predicted 11 is without me knowing who might end up testing positive in a couple of hours. But uh, hopefully no one does. So Kepa in goal, I think Chaloba comes back in if he's fit. Tiago Silva, we know, has already tested negative, has decided to still see how to see out his isolation process. Um, So he should be ready to go. If not, I think Christensen can fit in. Rudiger comes back in. Uh, Aspilaqueta comes back in. Conte again was out last week. So if he's fit and, and negative this time around, I think he plays Kovacic, who's been in some excellent form recently, continues Alonso. Uh, And then I think up top we'll have Mason Pulisic in his ideal preferred position and Lukaku up top.
0: Yeah. A super strong lineup. And Alex, that's echoing what you're saying. Maybe we're going to go for the kill Uh, based on this lineup. What is your score prediction?
1: Uh, For me, I'm going for three nil. Um, I think we saw how thoroughly we outclassed Spurs the first time it should have probably been more goals than it was. I think it could have been three nil, four nil, um, or even more last time out. And I think this time, especially with Spurs having the pressure to go and find something, create something, get some goals, get hope early on. I think hopefully we will get some openings at the back to exploit with our attacking talent. So, um, you know, maybe a little optimistic because as Rahul was saying, we can game manage and we we could just get through this without conceding. Um, but I would I would love to see us not sit back because too many times I feel like we get punished for not capitalizing when we have the front foot. I think we want to leave nothing to chance.
0: I appreciate the positivity. I think at the premier Chelsea over December, we had a little bit of negativity from Rahul's side with <laughs> the, the scoreline prediction. So I'm going to, I'm going to let Rahul do his last because I don't know what he's got in mind, but I'm going to go for a one nail, just based on some of the things you guys have said, game management, not having to win, I think just going out there and doing the business and getting the job, then I think maybe a one nail would, would do the work for us. But look, if it's three nail, I'll be excited. i will celebrate each and every goal because we like to pip Spurs and we're, you know, used to beating Spurs. So that's good. But, well, maybe you give us your positive prediction and then you take us home for this episode.
2: I wasn't trying to be negative last month. I was just trying to be realistic, <laughs> as my f- uh, fellow followers would say. But I think it would be 2-1 to Chelsea. I think we will concede uh, just because, like Alex has said, Spurs do need to come out and do something, especially after how – Badly, they played in that first half or or just couldn't keep up with us. Uh, Being at home, I think they will come out and and try to get at least a goal, and we still have enough to get two. So I think two, one to us, and we make it back to the final for the first time, I believe, since 2018. So talking about 2018 a few times here. (laughs) Um, But that wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. It's good to have Alex back uh, and hopefully. Uh, we'll be back later in the week to do uh, another episode, but please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chells, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Instagram, and on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. Um, and hoping and wishing uh, for a good game this week, no more positive tests in terms of the players, and, and we can celebrate a another final uh, and later this week. So until then, stay safe and up the Chels.